0: The following program is pre-recorded.
1: From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Carl Christensen filling in for Tom Clark. And I'm here with family doc, Zorba Pastor, to talk with you about what's new in healthy living, share down-to-earth advice, and great lifestyle tips to help you get the most out of life. If you have a question for the good doc, the number to call is 800-462-7413. Call anytime. And along with your calls, we have some good topics to talk about, Zorba.
0: Right. We're going to talk about drug prices, industry research, how much they send on promotion, all of that really stuff that really adds up to a drug bill that you may or may not see. But when you have insurance in the end, we all see it sooner or later. And COVID vaccination in pregnancy protects infants against infection, against hospital admission. COVID is here to stay. What should we do about it? And what does that mean?
1: And what's our special guest recipe Oh, today? it is
0: great. It's coconut noodle soup. Mm. If you love coconut soup, if you love Indian cooking, it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, guest recipe cookbook. Easy to do and wonderful to do. Indian flavor every day. That's the name of the cookbook. It's great. You're going to want to listen to this.
1: Yes, and we'll be speaking on the air with a, the author of that book. It'll be great. All right, to the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's one 800 Four six two seven four one three, and let's now welcome a caller from Spokane, Washington. Hi.
2: Well, hello, and thanks for thanks for taking my call.
1: Oh, sure. you're welcome. How can we help?
2: Well, um, I noticed maybe about three weeks ago, um, and maybe a bit more, that I have this strange muffle in my hearing. I noticed it partly when I had to turn the volume up on my television. Mm-hmm. But then even more so, if I put a phone to my ear, okay. uh-huh. uh, on on my left side, mm-hmm. uh, the dial tone was lower sure. mm-hmm. than on the right side. Got it.
0: Got it. Okay.
2: And then I went to urgent care because okay. I thought maybe it sure. was earwax buildup. Mm-hmm.
0: Makes and
2: sense. they said it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But surmised that it might be something in my inner ear mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, figure out. Mm-hmm. So he put me. Uh, he suggested I take steroids.
0: Uh huh. Okay.
2: And oral, a, oral steroids. Oral steroids, okay. right? And then mm-hmm. an, and then a, um, a allergy medicine and then a decongestant. Mm-hmm. So my hesitation was the 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 um, steroids
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: because I know that. When I take them, uh, I have a hard time sleeping.
0: Oh, so, and so you've taken steroids before?
2: The main thing mm-hmm. I've taken them for is when I get a when I get a bee sting. Oh, or a mm. wasp sting. Mm. Um, I tend to uh, have a reaction Terrible. to that, but that's Terrible. the only time I've that's taken right. steroids. But you've
0: taken them, and you've noticed that's not unusual. That is a common side effect of steroids, where people don't sleep well, they have kind of nightmares, uh, lots of different things with that. So. Um, well, first of all, I think they made a good diagnosis. So you've got the middle ear, and the middle ear has three little bones in it, the malleus, incus, and stapes. And what they do is they transmit uh, vibrations from the eardrum to the cochlea, which is where we actually hear things. Some of these little things work. And, and when that middle ear gets infected or swollen or there's mucus in there, it doesn't work as well. And you are noticing the difference for that because on that one side, it's it's not working as well as the other side and we're very you know we really understand our ears well i mean you know they're you know i mean they really understand them well but it's probably is due to some congestion or virus but you can avoid the oral steroids by taking a nasal steroid spray Okay. And you can now get this over the counter. So if you get a generic Flonase, it's Fluticasone nasal spray. And what you do is you get it, you want to get it up as high in the nose as you can. And you take, uh, don't pay attention to what it says on the the box. You take two squirts in the morning, two squirts in the evening. Put your head way back, spray it because you want to get it up just as high as you can. If you... Uh, hold your nose and blow it. You know how it makes a sound? Your ears kind of pop? Yeah. There's a tube there called the eustachian tube between the nose and the ear, and it equalizes pressure. And you want to get this in there. So you've got to get that spray way up, two squirts in the morning, two squirts in the evening. Oh, and then you okay. are topically putting the spray there so you avoid the oral steroid. Gotcha. Okay. And then the antihistamine decongestant would be good. Antihistamine certainly may do something. Decongestant would be for symptomatic relief. You see these things go away, but sometimes they can last for like four to six weeks. Probably a viral oh, really? yeah, probably a viral huh. infection. But you're right to want to avoid oral steroids. You're right. You really don't want to use those big guns unless uh, unless everything fails. So that's what okay. I, that's what I would do. So. Okay. It was good. Super. So did you notice it, do you notice this with voice or was it with music? How did you how did you first notice it?
2: I think it was mostly with, you know, the volume on the TV. So really the TV um, and eggs. then and then talking in groups of people. Mm-hmm. Where there's also noise going on. Uh-huh.
0: You mean like um, at restaurants or at yes, rallies? Yeah,
2: at restaurants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Carl's re- Carl smiling. <laughs> at, at, at
2: restaurants and, um, and
0: I was at a hockey game on mm-hmm. Friday. Well, that's like a rally. That's what I mean. Hockey rally. Yeah. Yeah, hockey rally. yeah, hockey rally.
2: And and yeah. then you know we yeah. were in a we were in a one of those uh-huh. box areas sure. and people were trying to talk and yeah. I had. The dickens of a time. Right. No, you do right? Right,
0: because when that happens then all the uh, the vibrations of human voice are higher, especially women's voices. And so those mm. are the ones that are least likely to be to be transmitted. This was a yeah. professional hockey game or a, a child's, like a grandchild? Oh, it's not my professional. What is semi-professional? I mean, I mean I what is that? It. It's like the minor leagues know. kind of. Yeah, but what's my, If you're minor there, it's, but if you're there, it's not minor. I mean, these guys for them it's major. They're trying to get into the bigger leagues.
1: That's true. I went to actually recently to a, a minor <laughs> league hockey game in Madison. We've gone to a couple times actually. Yeah, and, they're really and take good. the whole family there. It's really yeah. fun actually. Yeah.
0: So was it fun? Was the game fun? You know
2: it was it was more fun than I thought it would be. It was um uh it's a whole culture.
0: Oh, uh, totally. Totally.
2: Yeah. So it was uh, really interesting. Yeah. No,
0: no. I just uh, it's a yeah, whole I, culture behind it. I mean, yeah. you yell, yeah. you scream. It's very and it's fast. I mean, it's really fast. I can't keep track of the puck. I mean, they can. It can't, is hard to right. keep track of,
1: yeah. Were there any fights?
2: There was one fight. Ah. There
0: was one fight,
1: yeah. Did the crowd go yeah. crazy for that?
0: Yes, they did. They it's loved
1: so
2: it. It's so
0: strange. Think <laughs> about it. I mean, they're not fights on the football field. They get them off the football field, right? No, in a baseball, the referees get rid of you. But in hockey, it's encouraged. It's part of the game. It's part of the game. Uh-huh. Of the game mm-hmm. But not women's hockey. They don't fight in women's they don't. Oh, no, no. Women don't fight. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks, thanks for your call. <laughs> sure.
2: And I'm going, and I'm going to, you know, just as a double check, I'm, I do have an appointment with an ENT next week.
0: Right, but do um, this before that because okay. that's going to okay. be very useful because then you can say, look, I did this. And frankly, if you get completely better, you don't have to keep that appointment. If you get 100% better, I love it.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. And thank you for sharing. Take care now.
2: Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Bye bye now. 800 462
1: 7413. That's the number to call anytime. That's 1 800 462 7413. But before we move on here, let's get to our first topic, Zorba. We all know drug prices. They've been high. They keep getting higher every year, it seems like. But the justification for it always seems to be from actually the pharmaceutical companies saying oh we have all this research and development we need to you know put all the money into but now we have some new research on that
0: well according to this article in the BMJ you know that that really goes out the window if you look at things so if you look at first of all pharmaceutical company revenues last year are estimated to be 7.7 trillion dollars
1: that's a t trillion
0: 7.7 thousand 7, billion dollars which means it's 7.7 thousand thousand million dollars huge amount and according to this particular study these researchers found they actually spent one point four trillion on research and development. So that's a lot of money, right? R and D, yep. One point yep. four trillion on research and development and two point two trillion on selling general administrative activities and so on. So, you know, here it is. They're telling you they're spending lots of money on research, no doubt about it, but they're spending me more money trying to sell you drugs. And all you have to do is turn on your local news station or any other station on TV and you'll see the drugs are advertised. They're you know, everywhere. They're, yeah, yeah, and they're not generic drugs. They're advertising. They're advertising drugs. If they're diabetes drugs, they might be $300 a month. And if they're, uh, if they're chemotherapeutic drugs for cancer, they might be $10,000 a year or $20,000 a year. And if they're for rheumatoid arthritis and other autoimmune diseases, they might be thirty dollars to $40,000 a year, you know, which are enormous amounts sure. of money that the drug industry, uh, you know, that research R&D is raking in. Now, truth be told, I did a lot of research in my lifetime, but the research that I did in my particular office over about a 30-year period were for new cholesterol drugs like Lipitor, Torvastatin, which is now commonly used, antibiotics like azithromycin, uh, drugs for hypertension. Those were the drugs that really were in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But now the drug companies are spending more money on chemotherapy therapeutic drugs because they see more profit in them, and you know i 'm not sure how you get a handle on this. you know all I know is that Americans spend much more money on drugs than anywhere else in the country and uh, or in the world rather and you know I often Tell people if they have an expensive drug that they can get it from Canadian pharmacies. And I'll give you a good example. Advair, which is an inhalation drug that is a combination, a steroid and something called a beta agonist. In the U.S., if you're paying cash, it's about $350 or $400 a month. In Canada, it's $95 a month. Hmm. So why is it four hundred dollars a month in the US Something and ninety five a month here? And why doesn't the FDA allow drugs to be imported from Canada? Now they go, Well, Canada's not the US. They don't have the same standards and I think, uh huh. They don't have the same standards. Looks like they have the same standards. We're not talking about a country that's far away. We're not talking about China. We're talking about Canada. There are neighbors, so if we allow drug importation from Canada, we might draw, begin to drive down drug prices because it's so much cheaper there than it is here.
1: The other thing about this study is Zorba that I was reading through it, and the authors of the study also found that. Pharmaceutical companies aren't just spending more on, you know, marketing and all that than the research. They're spending more on stock buybacks right, than right, they are right. on the research yeah. and development. Well, because so, they see
0: the most profitable thing for them to spend money on is themselves.
1: Is themselves. There's stuff in their pocket, and they want to
0: drive back. And when they do a buyback, they drive up the price of the stock, and then they make more money. There's What's a the lot. Of, well, there's a lot. Of, I don't have the solution. There's a lot. Come on. Of, there's a lot. Fix this. <laughs> 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 just you. <laughs> Fix it, Zorba. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Zorba, pastor on your health. We we fix drug prices in America. <laughs> Forget about Congress. It's public radio that leads the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll leave it there. 800-462-7413. That's one eight hundred four six two seven four one three. 462 7413 That's the number to call. Uh, let's go to a voicemail now. Here is a listener in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
3: Hi. I want to know what type of fasting Dr. Zorba recommends. Um, There's intermittent fasting and alternative fasting, and I wonder if any of them are worth doing and which ones he would do if he were to fast.
0: You know, fasting is really interesting. First of all, it is traditional in many cultures to fast. In other words, we actually, uh, culturally, it's used for a number of things. There are some studies that look at intermittent fasting where you don't have anything to eat after six o'clock in the evening until eight or nine o'clock in the morning the next day. Um, Children Unfortunately, often engaged in fasting where they'll have something for dinner and then they don't eat breakfast the next morning and they fast until noon that day. That's not good for kids. You know, I mean, do your kids have breakfast in the morning?
1: They usually have something, yeah, a little, like a granola so, but, bar or some fruit so they have or something. A granola bar. So you yeah. make
0: sure you get them up to, and do they want to have breakfast in the morning?
1: They usually do. Yeah, they usually want that. And my youngest, she goes to daycare, and they always have a breakfast
0: yeah. there. Right yeah, and we have breakfast in school now for kids because kids were not eating breakfast, and their brains don't work as well for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, adult brains may not work as well either. So there's no absolute rule on fasting as to what benefits, uh, you know, what benefits. It is, and a number a number of studies have shown that people often fast after a certain time. They stop eating at six o'clock at night. They then have breakfast the next morning. They may lose weight that way, but that has more to do with habits. I mean, a lot of people snack in the evening. Do you snack I at do. night?
1: Yeah, I do snack at night. Yeah, way what, too much. Yeah. What do you snack on? The usual garbage. What you garbage? know, you chips mean Cheetos, and Cheetos, and just. <laughs> Trash, yeah. trash,
0: trash eating. So maybe fasting gets rid of trash eating. I think that's what we should call it. We shouldn't call it junk food. We should call it trash food because it gives it. trash. That's right. Every night while they watch my right. so shows. So you could be Oscar the the Grouch or something yeah. like that eating trash. So anyway, so there's no absolute on fasting. I think if it works for you and it helps keep your weight under control and you feel better, intermittent fasting is good. Fasting for the whole day, especially if you're not having enough fluid is not good for you. You want to make sure if you're doing a daily fast once or twice a month that you drink enough fluid because you don't want your kidneys to fast from fluid because that in itself is not healthy.
1: 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. That's the number to call. But before we take a short break, Zorba, let's check in again with your favorite Hand razors.
0: The Grammar Police. (laughs)
1: All right, Zorba. This one's actually from a very seldom heard from faction deep within the grammar police. Very, very deep within the grammar police. This is the broccoli police. Oh,
0: the the broccoli police. That's right. I've heard of them, but I've never heard from them. So, I mean, they're well known among the cruciferous crowd. They know. They know the broccoli.
1: Uh, This is actually Zorba. Not really an infraction. It's more of a helpful note. Oh, okay. This is uh, Libby from Knoxville, Uh Tennessee, Mm -hmm. who writes. Dr. Zorba and Tom, on a recent show, you discussed broccoli and the fact that you'd not ever had it as a child. Mm-hmm, well, right. you mm-hmm. never see broccoli mm-hmm. in cans, mm-hmm. so there was no way to keep it usable. <laughs> they couldn't. That's right. That's right. We didn't have fresh food when I was a
0: child. We only had canned food. That's it. <laughs> There's no way to keep it usable until
1: freezing became common practice, oh, which would have been right. somewhere in the 1950s. Right. That's right. Uh, Libby goes on. I wasn't born in the 30s. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, I may be old, but if I was born in the 30s, I'd be really old now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Libby goes on. My father was a farmer in South Florida, and one of the crops regularly grown was broccoli. Oh. We also mm. had lots of green beans, mm-hmm. fresh peas, mm-hmm. celery, and nice. fresh tomatoes. Nice. He also grew cauliflower, mm-hmm. kohlrabi, mm-hmm. along with scallions, beets, and little red potatoes. Oh, wow. So – The reason you did not become acquainted with broccoli in your youth, Zorba... Because I didn't live in South Florida. (laughs) ...was because it probably wasn't readily available... When freezing fresh fruits became popular, a lot of quote-unquote new vegetables and fruits right. came into right. common right. use.
0: Yes. There is no canned broccoli, and if I can imagine it, I bet
1: it wouldn't taste very good. <laughs> <laughs> now, because we're talking about broccoli, I have to share my broccoli jokes. Oh, more, is that okay? okay. Sure. And you can tell sure. that yeah. – you mean Are these
0: like knock-knock
1: jokes? Not really a knock-knock uh-huh. joke. Yeah. I wrote the joke, and you can tell okay. I wrote it because uh, it's super okay. clunky okay. and okay. maybe Please. not even Please. that great.
0: Please, share it with us. Everyone <sighs> – Take a breath. Carl is now telling his –
1: Broccoli joke. What did the broccoli drag racer say when he was asked how he planned on winning the big race? I don't know. What did he say? I'm a floret.
0: Oh, God, God, God.
1: All right. Are you. <laughs> really clunky delivery. (laughs) Are you steamed about something you heard on the show or maybe something vegetable related? I can just imagine
0: (laughs) you in fourth grade.
1: (laughs) Speak up or forever hold your peas. Just post on our Facebook page or you can always send an email at Zorba
0: at (laughs) WPR.org. My apologies for
1: that. Comedy Central.
0: Comedy Central, man.
1: More of your calls to come. Zorba will answer more of your emails and we'll be talking with the Guest author cooking up coconut noodle soup. Mm, delicious. It's going to be great. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Christensen filling in for Tom Clark on Zorba, Pastor on Your Health. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. And it's recipe time again, Zorba. And this week we're in for quite a treat. Yes. That sounds pretty good. Today we have a special guest author joining in on the fun. Maya Kaimal is an award-winning cookbook author and founder of Maya Kaimal Foods. She has appeared on the Today Show, Martha Stewart TV, Food Network, and the Discovery Channel, among others. She's also the author of Indian Flavor Every Day, Simple Recipes and Smart Techniques to Inspire. And she joins us today to share with us her delicious recipe for coconut noodle soup. Maya, welcome to the show. Oh, thank
3: you so much for having me.
0: So, how did you get into doing cookbooks? So your your family mm-hmm. from South India?
3: Yes, my father is, but my my mother's from New England, so I'm I'm half Indian and we traveled to India when I was growing up, so I really got to eat family, food, you know, in the home there.
0: I really love the title. I mean, Indian flavor every day. I've been to India, northern India numerous times, uh, you know, Mm. and the food is good. But South India is such a different cuisine. I mean, I I love cooking, but I also like thinking, I mean, how complex is the recipe going to be? So I really like this on the title. And these recipes Mm. are just fabulous. Um, How long have you been doing cookbooks? Thank you.
2: Well,
3: this is my third cookbook, but I took a very long break in between my second and third book. Uh, about 20 years where I started my business of selling Indian, you know, tosses and, and now lots of other products too. So that was sort of like a, a giant diversion and I just have enjoyed coming back to. The cookbook writing because I feel like now my my mission is all it's all connected right. It's like the products, the recipes in this book. It's like how can I help people bring Indian flavor um, into their lives more So, what
0: did so, you learn in this twenty-year hiatus from writing?
3: As long as I've been running the business, I've been really tuned into how much um, people are still intimidated by Indian flavor mm-hmm. right, or Indian sure. Indian cooking, and so. Mm-hmm. You know we we're doing I'm doing everything I can to make it easy, but even with just a jar of sauce, people can feel like, "Ah, oh, I'm not really sure what to do so but I also have observed that there's more and more traffic going into the international aisle of grocery stores. Mm-hmm. We get sure. data on this, and so we can see that people are drawn to global flavors, you know they also of course are drawn to convenience and yes. they're drawn yes. to. Plant-based eating more and more. Absolutely, well.
0: people kind of often just they're intimidated by cooking. I'm sort of like, well, how yeah. do I cook? Because they're used to Campbell's soup in a you know mixing it with rice or noodles, and that's the extent of cooking. And they don't realize how enjoyable yeah. and lovely cooking is. It can be,
3: but I, I also appreciate that uh, when you're confronted with a an Indian recipe and there's a long list of ingredients yes. and they're kind of, you know, it's like this undifferentiated mm-hmm. block of text of like uh-huh. yes. here yes. are your like 20 ingredients. Like that's a hard mountain to climb. And, no and right. I feel it too. Yeah.
0: But not in your cookbook.
3: So, I've tried to really keep it to things that are available in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. You know, well, but- let's go.
0: We have picked out coconut noodle soup. I love Carl. You also love Coconut I love
1: noodle. coconut noodle soup, especially when it's a little colder out.
0: So you can tell what Carl is – I mean, when he said love, you <laughs> notice that it was like that deep love. I and mean, it was that that he usually reserves for his wife and his children. You know, he just my, kind of – My like, wife made wow. some <laughs> coconut soup last see, night. It was See, so fantastic. he's now associated his wife <laughs> oh. with coconut noodle soup. Yeah. So it's a good recipe. Well, uh, let's go through the ingredients first. So in the soup, uh, some kosher salt you'll need. Um, and notice a 14-ounce fat, uh, can of full-fat coconut coconut milk, yep. uh, two cups of water, four large shallots, uh, two, uh, roughly two cups, of 15 fresh curry leaves if you have them, um, so two serrano or jalapenos, uh, turmeric. So when you get turmeric, does it last on the shelf?
3: You know, I I find – I guess I'm not like – Extremely mm-hmm. crazy about my spices. I I mm-hmm. think spices are okay for a few years. Mm-hmm. I'm not thank like cleaning my cabinet thank out you. every year. Thank
0: I mean, you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> I have one daughter who's crazy, and I said I don't think it makes a difference. So I thank you very much. <laughs> no, okay. So three really quarters of a teaspoon of turmeric, <laughs> quarter teaspoon of cayenne, teaspoon of sea salt, uh, and then five ounces of baby spinach or regular spinach. You like baby spinach better, right? If you can do thank that, I
3: do because it just breaks down mm-hmm. so nicely, and you don't have to worry about tough stems. Right.
0: That's right. Teaspoon of fresh lime juice. It's got to be fresh lime juice. I mean. Yeah. And then eight ounces of the medium with, uh, like, pad thai noodles. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Tarka. What is tarka?
3: Yeah. So that is a, a concept that I'm, I'm hoping to get people acquainted with through this book. So I've kind of broken out that part of the recipe. A Tarka is a seasoning technique that's used throughout Indian cooking where you you're, you're – Creating a very flavorful oil, mm-hmm. and that oil can be drizzled over things mm-hmm. at the end of a cooking, oh. or it can be a first step the way you would make the way you would put, like, you know, garlic and red chili flakes before you maybe make your spinach or green. Sure. You, you, you put mustard seeds, sometimes cumin seeds, sometimes the curry leaves or red chilies into oil. And, and and start your curry that way. So it's it can be used at the beginning, it can be used at the end. Mm-hmm. But you your it's like I, I call it like a supercharged garnish. Like it's sure. very flavorful and it here it's a drizzle on
4: to the soup.
0: Uh Well, this is sort of analogous. I made leek and potato soup the other day, and then I put some olive oil Mm -hmm. on top of it. So it's analogous. I didn't mix it inside. I put it on top, and it hits my tongue and my texture and smell totally differently than if I mixed it. It would be lost. It would be the same thing. Mm -hmm. So that's tarca. Then we're going to have some bean sprouts, cilantro leaves, lime wedges, chili sauce, some sriracha, some good stuff in there. Okay, so... Let's make the soup. So you start out, so you make the soup, uh, get a stock pot combined. I can say the coconut milk, water, shallots, curry leaves, any order, green chilies, turmeric, uh, cayenne. Any order. Any order you want to. Medium heat till it thickens to a light, to like a light cream, about 10 minutes, and avoid a hard boil. So that's kind of... That's kind of important. You've got to make sure your stove is right so it doesn't get too hot.
3: So I just wanted to mention, uh, the very first thing is, like, have a stock pot going on, your, mm-hmm. on the back of your stove with the water that you're going to need for cooking the noodles towards the end. So you just want to ha- have a boiling pot going.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For, so, for the noodles you at the end.
3: these ingredients in a separate pot, yeah.
0: <laughs> got you. So you don't soak the noodles in warm water before you use them? No, I just drop them in. <laughs> <lot of> <laughs> Carlos smiling
1: and laughing. Any skip a step is great. I'll take it. <laughs> skip a yeah, step. We
0: could put I'm that in the front. It. it could be simple recipes <laughs> and smart techniques. Yeah, skip a exactly. step to inspire. <laughs> just <laughs> drop them in. <laughs> I have got it. So to make the tarka, assemble your prepped and measured ingredients by the stove. Then, in a small skillet, heat the oil over medium-high heat. As the mustard seeds allow the pop. After they're popped for a few seconds, add the red chili flakes and sizzle for a few more seconds. Then pour the entire mixture over the soup and stir it in. Then you assemble the soup bowls. Return the warm water to boiling. Add the noodles. Cook until they're tender five to seven minutes. Drain. Briefly rinse. Divide the noodles among the four bowls. Spoon the soup equally over the noodles. Top with bean sprouts, cilantro leaves, lime wedges. I am hungry. I am ready to have mm, this. It sounds great. This This is a wonderful, wonderful recipe. So, um, wonderful cookbook, 20 years later. What would you like to leave us with about this cookbook that's different from your previous cookbooks?
3: I guess I I would like people to realize that making Indian food doesn't have to be a heavy lift. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once you just grasp concepts like the tarka, you know, and... And you you see how a recipe is broken down into, like, these are your ground spices. They all are kind of a family. You know, here is your tarka. Here is your aromatics. You know, just, just understanding what goes into building flavor mm-hmm. can make it less intimidating. So I hope people can see that these are all very doable things, and you can make this food with the food from your local grocery store. And you don't need to be afraid. It's
0: going to be delicious. I love it. 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 Embrace embrace Indian cooking that so many people love but are afraid to cook. And this is great. Indian flavor, everyday simple recipes and smart techniques to inspire. And you have inspired us. Thank you.
3: (laughs) Aw. Thank you so much. Thanks.
0: You take care and thanks again. Okay.
3: You
1: too. Bye. That was guest author Maya Kaimal. Her new book is Indian Flavor Every Day. And it's flavorful very flavorful. Indian flavor every day, simple recipes and smart techniques to inspire. And if you didn't get that whole recipe... But it's recipe, public radio, so it should be simple
0: recipes and smart people to inspire. I there mean, you go. I mean, our people are smart. I think that's assumed,
1: right? We know that. <laughs> uh, if you couldn't write all that down, um, where can we get this recipe Well, you see know,
0: the I've heard of the web. You know, if they went to zorbapastor.org, zorbapastor.org, you'll get this recipe, you'll see lots of pictures, see other recipes, and of course course you can always find us through facebook
1: 1-800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime that's 800-462-7413 let's now go to a voicemail this is a listener from shingle house pennsylvania
2: hi i am 53 years old and was recently diagnosed with severe osteoarthritis with bochard's nodules in my hands I am an active knitter and crocheter, and I was wondering if that is going to do further damage to my joints. Thanks. Bye.
0: Oh, that is such a good question. So, you know, unfortunately, osteoarthritis, which is really the arthritis of... Old age now, Carl. You wouldn't understand old age. I mean, Tom understands <laughs> old age.
1: I will someday.
0: But it's the aging. But but if you, yes, you definitely will. But if you look at osteoarthritis, it affects all animals. Dinosaurs had osteoarthritis. We know that. You are shocked, aren't you? Wow, really? Can you imagine if you were T Rex and your joints ached? Believe me, it would be a problem. <laughs> well, they have especially such tiny little at, arms. Is yeah, it yeah that tiny little arms. Deal? But boy, that mouth! I don't know if it bothered their mouth. Insects have osteoarthritis too. Wow. If you Actually, look at it, we don't know exactly why, but all joints tend to be sort of the degenerative disease that happens. Does it get worse? You know, it's a variable. It's a graph that is indeterminate. So some people who have severe osteoarthritis where they can't do anything. Most people don't have that. For most people, if they keep their joints active, their joints become more active. If they have bad days, then you take an anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen, 400 to 800 milligrams every eight hours or two uh, Aleve, generic Aleve tablets, uh, which are naproxen. I like that better because it's a 12-hour drug. Or if you're having a time and you're really going to be bothered, you take it for a week or two. When I go on my ski trips, I take something for my osteoarthritis. so. So the answer is it might get worse. Keep moving and make sure you take your stuff.
1: 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Call anytime and leave the show a voicemail. Uh, Before the break, Zorba, let's do that segment where we give some of your naysayers some airtime. This is Disagreeing with the Doc. Disagreeing with the Doc. All right. The following voicemail came from a listener, Craig, who lives in the outskirts of Buffalo, New York. doctor was just talking about uh, old people. Um, you might want to adjust that uh, terminology.
0: It's really uh, chronologically challenged. Okay. It's not quite as offensive. So let's let's try that next time. Chronologically challenged. (laughs) Thank you. Chronically challenged
1: people. Chronologically challenged. To me, that sounds like someone who's late. I don't (laughs) see that as someone who's older.
0: You know, it's funny because when I sit in my office, you know, and I'll be with people and I'm 75, you know, and they'll be complaining about osteoarthritis, for instance, that it hurts. And they'll say, why does it hurt? And I'll look at them and I'll say, Because you're old. And they're kind of shocked. No one wants to be called old. But once I got to be a certain age, I'm not sure where that was, but I'm definitely there at 75. I can call people old and it's not insulting because I'm part of that generation. I'm old, too. I said, I'm old, you're old. My joint aches, your joints aches. You're right. Chronologically challenged. I like it. Uh,
1: I don't think it's going (laughs) to (laughs) fly. All right, Zorba. Now, these New York listeners are tough. Here's another New Yorker who disagrees with you.
3: Dr. Zorba. I'm just wondering where you got this information that the cathode ray old-fashioned television tubes were not dangerous in terms of causing cancer when people would sit close to the television. Um, The reason I'm asking is because the cathode ray tubes in those old TV sets were radioactive and put out radioactive waves. So I'm wondering where did you get the information that they were not harmful. Thank you very much.
0: That's all. Well, they weren't radioactive. That's the, that's the long and the short answer. People thought they were radioactive. They were electrons. I mean, they were just shooting. They were. Uh, they were shooting. There was a little gun. It's not really a uh, well, it was kind of, I think it was called the cathode ray gun. But anyway, it was just shooting an electron onto a screen that had phosphorescence. That's all it was doing. Oh. So it was just shooting things. Kind of like, well, picture a sli- Remember slide. Remember slideshows? Sure. I mean, oh, yeah. My dad would always. Uh,
1: my dad, he's a photographer. He would always slide put slideshows slide on. Remember how for us.
0: boring they were? Remember? They were, <laughs> yeah, they kind of were. He'd drag out the slides. Kind stick, of, it was car- like. Kodak oh, Carousel? Let me, that's right. <laughs> let me show you the 64 slides of when we went to the Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> and by slide number 4 you know we used to say you know lights down heads down you know because you immediately late. but basically there was no radioactivity but there is a theory you know an urban myth that televisions were radioactive because of the phosphorescence on the screen so uh yes TVs do not cause cancer. Now it's true that television shows cause you to be dumb, okay. but they won't kill you. <laughs> which ones, by the way? Which ones, by the way? I got to write these down. Three Stooges, man. Okay, Three yeah. <laughs> Stooges.
1: <laughs> uh, do you want to participate in our show? Which would make you more radio? active because you're participating
0: Uh, just post (laughs) you know what? advertising you know (laughs) you don't realize you are in the wrong game
1: (laughs) (laughs) just post on our facebook page or send us an email at zorba at wpr.org more of your calls to come more of your emails and another interesting topic to discuss of course all coming up on zorba pastor on your health from From PRX. prx Carl Christensen filling in for Tom Clark on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. 800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime. That's 800-462-7413. Leave us a voicemail. Who knows, you might appear on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health show. Uh, But before we get back to our calls... COVID vaccination in pregnancy protects infants against infection and hospital admission. New oh, I study. think,
0: yeah, I, th- I think this is such an important topic. So first of all, I think... Pretty much most people in the country have immunization fatigue, you know, vaccination fatigue. You know, we're tired. We've had COVID vaccinations, shingles vaccination, this vaccination, that vaccination. But if we look from a public health point of view, it's extremely important. So you have your kids. Did they get other va- vaccines when they were, when they were infants and young? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So they got diphtheria, they got pertussis, they got tetanus, they got the whole polio. Menu. They got the whole menu. They had a whole menu of vaccines that have really produced tremendous strides in terms of public health. And then here it is a couple of years ago. You know, I have covid Asia, so I can't remember exactly when it started. <laughs> I think a lot of us do. You know, we had vaccine. And for the first time, the first time in really modern history, vaccines became a political football. I'm going to get it. I'm not going to get it. Polio was not a political football. But believe it or not, polio... Was was not embraced polio vaccine that well until Elvis Presley got a polio shot on TV on the right? Ed Sullivan show. That's right, and all of a sudden, boom! People started getting more polio shots. So in some ways, that really hasn't changed. This is COVID vaccine in pregnancy protects infants against the infection and hospital admission. So in other words, it's producing antibodies in the woman who is pregnant, so that it's less likely that if a child, an infant, or a baby is going to get COVID, that they're going to end up in the hospital. Now, we know it mostly affects older people, but we also know it also affects younger people. Sure. And if you look at the number of children that die of COVID, I can't give you the exact number last year, but it was a couple of hundred children. Well, if it's your child, it's a hundred percent. And sure. if you want to protect your kid, it means that. So it's very important for women when they're pregnant to discuss this with their doctor. That's really, really important because we know, for instance, there's certain vaccines you can get when you're pregnant, others than you can't. And this study shows that COVID vaccine during pregnancy is really important got to protect our kids,
1: right? That's right. Weren't they at first early on in in the pandemic, not sure about this fact? Absolutely not sure.
0: You know, messenger RNA and the other vaccines that are produced by J&J, we weren't sure what they were doing. But now that assurity is there. So now we've got really good information. Anyone who is pregnant, any woman who is pregnant should get their COVID vaccine. It will protect her from getting COVID. It'll protect her child from getting COVID. It'll make sure their child is much more likely to be healthy when it's born and stay healthy after it comes out
1: 800-462-7413 that's 1-800-462-7413 let's go back to the phones now let's welcome a caller in new york city hi hello there long time fan of the show
0: thank you thank you very much appreciate that
4: so i have a, I have a question about uh, dental x-rays i'm uh i haven't been to the dentist in a while
0: what's a while
4: uh, oh, oh, no. It's like uh, a year or two.
0: Okay. Because a uh, while for some people is, well, you haven't been there a while. What does that mean? <laughs> well, the last 10 years.
4: Okay. <laughs> a, year, a year or two. A
0: year or two. So how that's how long
4: is that? that well, there, that's so exactly
0: any- why. That's why I asked. Yeah.
4: There you go. <laughs> so um, – so I, I've just you know even you know if you can find anything on the web these days. But basically, there's mm-hmm. there's you know worry about uh, you know head and neck tumors and increase of cancer or molecular structural damage. So I mean how uh, how how you know, dangerous it is is it to get a uh, like a you know. You're, you're basically full-mouth uh, uh, x-rays. Oh, sure, um,
0: sure. But and, that, uh, and by, by the way, that is not that is not an uncommon question. So first of all, when we look at x-rays and we look at the possibility of whenever we have x-rays, there's a, a possibility that it's going to cause cancer later on. So that's always the thing we worry about. The younger you are, the more likely the possibility because young people live longer. And it takes forever for this to happen. So first of all, how old are you?
4: Uh. I know. Uh, Let's just
0: say I'm not 25 anymore. Uh, But the other thing is new x-ray, x-ray machines are much better than they used to be because they use fewer x-rays because we have ways of amplifying the information that comes in. And I'll give you a perfect example. For years, I've been involved uh, with reducing tuberculosis in Tibetans in India. We have a new machine that is basically a chest x-ray machine that fits in a backpack and you can take an x-ray at a bed side and you don't even have to be shielded. And why? And that's because modern technology allows you to amplify any of the information that's there. So if you go to a modern tech, a modern dental office where they're using a new x-ray machine, a machine that's within the last 10 years or so, the x-rays are probably one quarter of the x-rays that you did back in the 50s and 60s.
4: It's exactly what I, what I was thinking. I was saying the technology improves, so it's so less much invasive. So it's- much.
0: By the way, I used to have that same fear. But now, when I go to the dentist, I get bite wings, and they say we should do that every two years. And I think, oh, you just want to make money. I think like everybody else. But then they discovered a cavity, and I hadn't had one in like 30 years. Forty years, and that's because I'm getting long in the tooth. I'm older, but but the reality is, the reality is, the X-rays in my old office—that was an X-ray machine that was probably oh I don't know, you know, it had dust on it. It was probably from the from the fifties a Truman 60s.
1: sticker on it.
4: <laughs> in that in that same vein, it's just like. Uh, I mean, I was talking to the dentist and I said, well, you know, yes, I, he said, do you take uh local anesthetic or, mm-hmm. you know, some people mm-hmm. don't like to use, uh, mm-hmm. um, what used to be called Novocaine. Mm-hmm. So I, so he, and also he wants to do like a few procedures in one day, like remove sure. a couple of teeth and do of something course. and do
2: right. a, do right.
4: something else. And it was sort of like, you know, a friend of a friend of mine had like a heart attack mm-hmm. because he, you know, he had three procedures done in the same day. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was no spring chicken either. Mm-hmm. but. uh but anyway uh, have uh, you know is are the effects of lidocaine um, you know much lighter and uh, than something that was used in the old days like novocaine
0: it's pretty much the same thing i mean the canes lidocaine xylocaine you know you know they're they're pretty much the same as they used to be. Now, what has improved is the technique of the needles that are used to deliver that. So recently, I had a tooth infection. I hadn't one in many years. And when he went in and actually numbed the tooth, I didn't feel a thing. And that's because, frankly, dentists are better trained to be hit the nerve. The, uh, the Even though the cane is the same, it may be the way the material is used. The sharpness of the needle is much, much better. And the smallness of the needle that actually goes inside so you don't feel things and I have I have no issue with any with any of the canes they're basically uh, they're basically pretty similar and I've had dental work and the real issue is how much trauma do you want to have to your mouth and then do you want to go back so that's a very good question do you want multiple things done at the same time or red or would you rather go in multiple times and that's kind of a that's an individual, you know, decision. I, for me, I would say I want to get it all over, even though it may be much more painful. But for my wife, I'm sure she would say Penny would say, "No, let me do one at a time because I because that's what I want to do." So that's it's kind of an individual decision. Well, uh,
4: I'll, I'll leave you one with a uh, when I was with with needles, I. I, I had to go to Africa for, for a quick job and, and, uh, and I. Quick job I, in
0: Africa. Okay. In
4: Tanzania, yeah. You know, no. What I, kind of job? I made a movie about bringing electricity to a small village in the oh. middle of nowhere in, in oh. Tanzania years oh. back. Oh. Oh. So, so when I went, uh, nice. and I, I have an old, I had an old crotchety uh, doctorate and, and I hadn't had like a, you know, one of the, uh, one of those shots you got to get when you go overseas. Uh-huh. Sure. And, uh, and, and I hadn't had one in a long time, and I was scared uh-huh. of uh, needles when I was a kid. And, and uh, so, he you know, I didn't want to do this, so I put it off, put it off. So finally, he finally gives me the needle, and needles are so, like, it was tiny compared to what I used to have, and it was really quick. So I went, that was it? He just looked at me and goes, yeah, you want me to give it
0: to you again? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Wisdom from the past. <laughs> well, thanks so much. Thank you for your call, and I hope you and, helped.
4: And thank you very much. Be, be well. You take, take care. care.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Take care. Thanks for that call at 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 7, 4, 1, 3. All right, Zorba, let's crack open the Zorba Pastor On Your Health inbox and take a listener email. The following question came from Christine in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Christine writes, Hi, Dr. Zorba. I have a rare condition. Called blephar spasm. Mm-hmm. I think I got that right. Have you you got it? You okay, good. You're,
0: good. you're good. You can go to
1: medical school. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. A Pronunciation I'm ready. police and medical <laughs> school are pretty tough. You know, they're uh, not
0: the MCATs. It's can you pronounce the words and spell them?
1: That's all you got to do. That's well, it.
0: spelling is the other
1: thing. So yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> I have go a ahead. rare condition called blephar spasm the last 10 years and Mm -hmm. have found some ways of coping with it. The only recommended treatment is Botox around the eyes. That's right. And I tried that Mm -hmm. for about four years Mm -hmm. with little results. I then had a partial myectomy, Mm -hmm. which was quite successful for about- So that
0: that myectomy is a muscle. Okay. Myo is muscle. So she's part of a muscle
1: reduced. okay. Okay. Was quite This was successful for about three years, uh-huh. but my spasms have returned. Uh-huh. I heard your show recently, and I'm so thankful you mentioned the meditation program from Madison. Correct. From UW-Madison. Right. Right. Stress makes this condition worse, and I've had a difficult time meditating. Uh-huh. So I downloaded the Healthy Minds app, and it oh, is wonderful. Wonderful. Everyone who has this condition tries many things trying uh-huh. to find some solutions. Sure. Thankfully I am retired and have a wonderful support group. Mm-hmm. Now I'm wondered if GABA 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 mm-hmm. might help me and want to know how to select a good quality GABA, could you give me some guidance?
0: Well, I don't know if GABA, uh, you know, uh, that's a neurotransmitter. She may be talking about something that you take orally to stop this terrible blepharous spasm. That's where your eye is sort of spasming. You know, it's winking. It's spasming in the muscle. And Botox, by the way, was invented specifically for that.
1: Oh, it was. That It it wasn't cosmetic.
0: No, it was not cosmetic. It was basically uh, taking the nerve there and keeping the nerve from firing. That's what it does. It basically stops the nerve from firing, and that was the use of Botox. It was specifically for blepharospasm, and that was the first uh, approval. And then it turns out it works in a bunch of other things from, you know, cosmetic things to migraine headaches and so on. Um, if I were, I would go back to Botox injections and see if after the myomectomy, see if the Botox would work, even though it worked for four years. Now, it didn't work. I think it's worth trying again because Botox is still sort of the standard standard within that. The next thing I would do is if that didn't work is I would go to, an, uh, I would go to a research institution. I would look on the web you know, for blepharitis, I would see if there's a research institution in my area within like a two or three or four hour drive and then find somebody who is a specialist in this and see what else I would use. Because clearly from, we can tell from the story, this has been going on with her for many, many years. And you can imagine if your eye is spasming, how uncomfortable it is for you and how uncomfortable it is when you're engaging with other people. Because they're looking at your eye that is, uh, you know, that is spasming. So I don't think GABA orally is going to do very much. Uh, that's, But I would definitely try Botox again and see if it would work. GABA healthy
1: living question for the good doc? <laughs> Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at... Zerba at WPR.org. 1-800-462-7413. That's 800-462-7413. Three, but before we punch out today's Zorba, uh, let's check in with your favorite hair splitters and fault finders, the grammar police, but wait, Brad. Don't play the jingle. We've don't want the. we already played it today, so we don't want the jingle police to come after us. So.
0: <laughs> Let's
1: just hold off on that. We've already heard it once. Uh, so, Zorba, we're going to hear... But I like the jingle.
0: <laughs> it's part of it. It gets me all set up. Oh, no, it's the grand police. I mean, I go through that whole thing.
1: I'm not going to get it? I, I, well, the jingle police will come after us, oh, and then I'll have to okay, make a jingle okay. for oh, the jingle police, that. and right. that's a little too meta all to even right. think okay. about. Right. Even, that's all like right. throwing away your recycling bin on your desktop. Oh, God forbid. What?
0: God forbid. So go ahead.
1: Okay, Sorpa. we're going to hear from what is arguably the most meticulous faction within the grammar police. This is the pronunciation oh, police. You right. love, yeah, them. Yeah, favorite, love them; they're favorite, right? Yes, that's
0: right. They're my favorite.
1: All right. The following infraction came oh, to us no, from. the
0: pretty... <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah,
1: pretty... This is from Joel in Wilton, Connecticut,
2: calling in regard to uh, a message, uh, a broadcast on the on the program. Um, uh, indicating that the caller was uh, just fine with your pronunciation of cumin. Um, but you should know that um, if you look up in a dictionary, you'll find that the, uh, that, that is a, <coughs> apparently a brand-new pronunciation going around. Uh, the traditional pronunciation is cumin. In fact, sometimes has been spelled with two Ms. And you should also know that um, uh, since you sometimes uh, call for uh, the use of shallots, uh I should know that uh, those of them know though that that the uh, that it's pronounced Shalot. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Goodbye.
1: So thanks Shalot for that call, Joel. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Uh He's really coming after you.
0: I am going to continue to pronounce it as cumin. <laughs> because if I pronounce it as cumin, it may actually sound like something that's completely different that I am not trying to even explain to my public radio audience. I like audience. cumin better, for sure. I think cumin is the way to go. <laughs> and it's whether shalot, like you said, thanks.
1: <laughs> Did Zorba mispronounce something on the program? Set him straight by posting on our Facebook page or you can always send us an email at Zorba at org. See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Carl. <laughs> If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web
0: at ZorbaPastor.org. Of course, you can find us through Facebook.
1: And don't forget, you can call us anytime. Leave us a voicemail at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. That's not you. That's not me. That's Brad. He's over (laughs) at the booth over there. Smiling. Always smiling, Brad. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidrin. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba Zorba Pastor Pastor on Your health. Health.
3: Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's Healthy Living Articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.